Like I said yesterday, uh, last night, my football team was getting spanked. So I decided to shut the TV and, uh, all right, let's get ready for this morning service, Lord. And uh, I, I had a, a word going through my heart and my soul that um, I felt the Lord was giving me. And I was getting excited about it because I've been preaching on how to rightly divide the word of truth and uh, keeping law and grace separate. And it was, it was great. Um, yesterday was one of my, my favorite times is when I get to, I get to teach a, a room full of um, Bible students. And I was sharing with them how Jesus himself taught us himself how to rightly divide. And they're like, what? He taught us how to rightly divide. He taught us what real grace looks like. He taught us that if it's preached and it's taught and it's told in any way contrary to what I'm showing you, it's not grace. And I'm like, do you know where Jesus did that? And like, no, no, I had no idea. But Jesus taught us how to rightly divide in Luke chapter 15 when he taught us about the sheep, the lost sheep, the lost coin, and the, son, and the wayward son. Right there, Jesus taught, this is grace, this is how you rightly divide. If you're hearing messages, if you're reading messages that don't line up with this, it's not my grace. And man, need it right? Come on. They were hooping and hollering and they were getting excited. It was just, it was just such a blessing. So today, I was going to teach on the lost coin. Amazing. It's amazing, the lost coin. You know, the coin that was lost, I mean, that was you and I, right? But I'm not going to teach about the, teach about the lost coin today. Because when I woke up this morning and I decided, all right, let me get to it, he changed directions. I said, okay. All right, Lord. And uh, listen, this isn't the message, so I don't think we're going to be here for, you know, several hours. This is just the scriptures. Again, because I don't always want to depend upon electronics, I print out the Word of God so I can read it. Um, but if I was going to title today's message, I would title it, The Reward. We all like rewards, right? Yes. We all want rewards. We all look for rewards. And the scripture that I'm going to be starting from is one that I believe is often, often, often misused. It's misused to guilt people and to condemn people, sometimes even shame people into doing more. Stepping it up a few notches. You're calling yourself a Christian, you're calling yourself a believer. And it's found in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. <clears throat> and it says this, But without faith, it's impossible to please Him. Amen. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. For he that comes to God must believe that He is, and that He's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So if you're looking for rewards, if you're looking for financial gain, if you're looking for any kind of reward, and you're not seeing those rewards you're looking for, 
those blessings you've been believing for, those promises that you've been told are yes and amen. Perhaps you haven't been diligent enough in seeking him. Don't we hear those don't we hear these messages? Have you been diligent enough? Have you been spending time in prayer? And we hear the testimonies about the people. I get up at 5 o'clock every morning. I spend an hour. And then they share about their blessings. And you're like, okay, Lord, does that mean I have to get, I have to get up at 5 o'clock in the morning? No, no. It, it's a, in order to be diligent, I have to get up at 4 o'clock in the morning. And what's the definition of diligence? It's so arbitrary. Okay? But we've been told, you need to be diligent. You need to be diligent. Did you read? Did you read today? Listen, these are things that we should do. It's not that we should do. It's things that if we're led by the Holy Spirit, we will do. But these aren't things that we do in order to get a reward. Well, when's the last time you fasted, big guy? You know, me. I'm talking to me, right? I'm like, oh, boy. Mm. It's been a while. Wow. I need to fast. I haven't been too diligent. I haven't shown I'm diligent, you know? Spend more time, shut the TV, get in the Word, you know? I gotta be more diligent. I gotta be more diligent because, because He's a rewarder for those who diligently seek Him. But that's what it says, doesn't it? Okay. But does that fit the def definition of grace? For by grace are ye saved through faith? None of works, lest you should boast. It's a gift. It's a gift. It's always a gift. So we're going to look at that. What it really means. You see, the word of God, as it was written originally by Peter and Paul and John, they were inspired by the Holy Spirit of God. And they wrote. Maybe they wrote in Aramaic. Maybe they wrote in Koinonia Greek. Maybe they wrote in Hebrew. All right? But it was inspired. Now, we have many fragmented, you know, um, what's it called? Relics, um, um, findings to indicate that what we have right now is the Word of God. But we have translations. And we have translators. And although the Word of God is inspired... Translations are not necessarily inspired. We went, we went over this yesterday. How some people in the body of Christ believe that God is sovereign. And they proved it from the Bible that they had. And the Bible that they had said, There is not one sparrow that falls to the ground without it being the will of God. Where another version says, You know, God cares for the sparrow. There's not one that falls to the ground without him knowing about it. There's a big difference there. Is, was it his will, or does he know about it? You know? And so you understand and you realize that translations, they're not inspired. That's why there's 60 of them. And you have them from every kind of religious thought, theological school, and they all come at you from their lane, their lane of in instruction, their lane of teaching. So, 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 so much that we see it in this scripture too. So now let's look at it. Because I say, if you look at the word of God and you look at scripture, it will define itself. It will define itself. So now let's look. It says, 
in, in verses 1 and 2. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Here's a tell. Here's a good tell. Verse 2. For by it, elders obtained a good report. Now, that word report is the same word that was translated reward. So you could say, for by it, the elders obtained a good reward. Hmm. Okay, by what? By faith. I like that. Obtaining equals the report. Obtaining equals the reward. So we must ask, what did they obtain? That's going to tell us what the reward is. And now you look at that portion of Scripture, okay, because we're letting Scripture interpret Scripture, and you look at the mention of Abel, right? It mentions Enoch. It mentions Noah. It mentions Abraham. It mentions Sarah. It mentions Moses. It mentions Gideon, and it mentions more. Now, which one, after knowing the Scriptures, would you say was diligently seeking and searching for God? None of them. Zero. So right then and there, that has to open up our, our understandings to, well, verse 11, uh, verse 6 must mean something different. Because this is all talking about all these great men of faith who obtained a reward, and none of them were diligently seeking or searching. Hmm. Remember, they all obtained the good reward or the good report. So let's keep investigating by going back some. Now here's where we're just going to read. And I just want you to sit back and listen to this beautiful portion of Scripture. You want to follow me in your Bibles, you can. I'm reading from the King James Version. Hebrews chapter 10, which comes before Hebrews chapter 11. All right? For the law, ah, right away, you know and you see it's making a difference between the law and what comes after the law. For the law having a shadow of good things to come and not the very image of the things can never with those sacrifices which they offered year by year continually make the comers thereunto perfect. Right off, right off the bat, it's telling you that no matter what they did, no matter what they gave, they can come over and over and over again, but it's not doing anything for them. You see that? All right. For then would they have not ceased to be offered because that the worshipers once purged should have had no more consciousness of sins. For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and of goats should take away sins. Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, he saith, Sacrifice and offering thou wanted not, but a body hast thou prepared for me. In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin you took no pleasure in. Then said I, lo, I, I, wow, this is amazing. This portion of scripture is saying, listen, he doesn't take pleasure in the fact that you think you've got to make burnt offerings and sacrifices. Sounds to me like that's diligent work, doesn't it? This is, this, this is the Bible interpreting the Bible. But the body hast thou prepared for me. All right. Then said I, lo, I come in the volume of the book as it is written of me to do your will, O God. Above when he said sacrifice and offering and burnt offerings and offerings for sin, 
thou wanted not, neither took pleasure in them, which are offered by the law. So here is Jesus speaking, and he's talking about how God did not want, or did not like, or did not call for a do-it-yourself system, what was up to you to do. Right? Up to you to do. Up to you to be diligent. Up to you to be diligent and do and seek. Then said he, Lo, I come to do thy will, O God. And what was that? Take away the first. Here's a very important portion of this scripture. Take away the first. And this is separating first from the second. Or not the second, the last. First from the last. First from the two true, new, good to be new, true covenant of grace, right? Lo, he taketh away the first that he may establish the second. And in this second, right? This second, we, by the which we, we will be sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. Once, one sacrifice, through that sacrifice, through faith in that, we become sanctified once and for all. And every priest standeth daily ministering and offering oftentimes the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But this man, after he has offered one sacrifice for sins forever, he sat down at the right hand of God from henceforth expecting till his enemies be made his footstool. For by one offering he has perfected forever those who are sanctified. Do you hear that? By one offering he perfected you forever. Period. You're perfect. God says you're perfect. You've been sanctified. You've been made perfect forever. Wow. There's a difference between grace and the law. It's the difference between do-it-yourself system of law and faith in Jesus Christ. And then it goes on to say, for by one offering he has perfected forever those he has sanctified, whereof the Holy Spirit is witness to us. This is what the Holy Spirit witnesses to us. Not that you're an awful sinner but that you've been perfectly sanctified. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Amen. And then it is said, in this covenant that I will make with them, after those days, saith the Lord, I will put my laws into their hearts. And Paul tells us what those laws was, were. The law of love, the law of liberty, the law of faith. And in their minds, I will write them. And their sins and iniquities... I remember no more where remission of these is. There is no more offering for sin. So as you're proceeding, the writer of Hebrews is making an outstanding argument against do-it-yourself systems, works of the law, faith in Jesus Christ. Faith in Jesus Christ. Faith in Jesus Christ. No working. No labor, no toiling, no diligently striving, believing in Jesus Christ. Now listen to what it says as it goes on. Verses 19 through 29. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he hath consecrated for us through the veil that is to say his flesh, and having an high priest over the house of God, let us draw near... Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. Do you hear what this is saying? 
if your faith is in Jesus, not in a do-it-yourself system, you could approach God in the fullness and the assurance of your faith. Because having your heart sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water, let us hold fast to profession. Here we go. Listen, listen, listen. Let us hold fast to profession of our faith without wavering. For he is faithful that is promised. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of such is, but exhorting one another, and so much more as you see the day approaching. For if we sin willfully, after that we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sin. So what is he saying there? What is sinning willfully? Sinning willfully is re rejecting Jesus Christ as God's offering and sacrifice and remaining in the do-it-yourself system of law. Because what it's saying is there is no more sacrificial system. It's done. It's gone. There's no more animal sacrifices. There's never going to be another sacrifice. So stop looking for another one. Stop waiting for another one. Stop thinking you have to make another one. This is powerful. The Word of God is powerful. But a certain fearful looking for the judgment and fiery indignation which shall devour the adversaries. He that despised Moses' law died without mercy under two or three witnesses. How much more sore punishment suppose ye shall he be thought worthy who hath trodden under the foot of the Son of God and hath counted the blood of this covenant wherewith he was sanctified an unholy thing. Wow. And hath done despite unto the Spirit of grace. This is what happens to those who don't put their faith in Jesus Christ and think they have to put their faith in themselves, to do it themselves, mm -hmm. to earn it, to work it. This is powerful. Now, here we go. P listen to this language. Cast not away, therefore, your confidence. All right? What does that mean? Your confidence. What confidence? In Jesus Christ. In Jesus Christ. He's where your confidence should be. Not in your doing. Not in your working. Not in your effort. Cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which has great, great recompense of reward, right? For you have need of patience, that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, cast not away your confidence. That's what I said. Confidence, faith in Jesus Christ. Don't cast that away. Don't cast that away. Don't turn away from that, right? That you might receive the promise. Now the just shall live by faith. Listen to what it says now. But if any man draw back, my soul, me, God, I will have no pleasure in him. You see that phrase? Remember that phrase. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Here it says the just live by faith. And if you shrink back from that, it says my soul will have no pleasure in you. Ah, starting to make sense now. Now it says, but we are not of those who draw back unto perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of our souls. So now let's go back to the good report. 
Let's go back to they obtained the good report or the good reward. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 4 says, By faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which, here we go, by which he obtained the witness, by which he obtained the report, by which he obtained the reward that he was righteous. God testifying of this, of his gifts, and by it, and by it he being dead yet speaketh. By faith Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by which he condemned the world and became heir of the reward, the good report, heir of the righteousness, which is by faith. Through faith also Sarah received strength to conceive and was delivered of a child when she was past the age because she judged him faithful who had promised. So the report was the reward and the reward was righteousness and righteousness qualifies us for every promise and blessing. So that scripture, for without faith it's impossible to please God, we already established the fact that it stems from God saying, if you don't put faith in me, in Jesus Christ for righteousness, as the just shall live by faith, I take no pleasure in it. So all this is saying is, Without faith in Jesus Christ, without faith in God for his sacrifice and his offering, which was Jesus, he will not take no pleasure in you. For when you come to him, you must come, that, you must come knowing, believing that he is. He is, not you. And he's the rewarder of those that diligently, you know what that, that word seek means? puts their demand on him. Not on themselves. Not on what they need to do. Not what, not what they have to do. Not what they have to accomplish. But on him. And so this portion of scripture that's been used to make us feel like we have to do more and serve more and become more is so far opposed and, uh, and in opposition to the message of grace. This is just talking about when you come to God, you come to him believing that he is. He rewards faith because faith is all that pleases him. And the reward, as we see in this chapter, they obtained a good report. They obtained a good reward. They obtained a good report. What? Righteous, 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 righteous. That's the good reward. That's the good report. And it only comes through faith in Jesus Christ. But now how do I know that's right? How do I know that's right? Well, look at what Romans chapter 4, verse 1 through 5 tells us. What shall we say then? That Abraham our father, as pertain, pertaining to the flesh, hath found. For if Abraham was justified by works, by what he did, this is Romans chapter 4, verse 1 through 5, by what he did. For if Abraham were justified by works, 
he hath a reason to glory. And he has a reason to say, listen, I've worked. Listen, I've done. Where's my reward? Right? Ha! Ah, well, look what it says. But not before God. But not before God. For what say the scriptures? Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Now to him that worketh is the reward not reckoned of grace, but of debt. But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifies the ungodly, his faith is rewarded or counted for, or he obtains the report that he's righteous. So the Bible proves it. And then it goes on in Romans chapter 5, verse 1 and 2. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. So Romans chapter 5, verse 1 and 2 is telling us because we're justified by faith, we have peace with God. And because we have peace with God through Jesus Christ, we have access by this faith to grace. And grace is everything we could ever need. What greater reward do you need? Now listen to verse 17 of chapter 5 in Romans. For by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness that comes through faith will reign in life by the one Jesus Christ. I love this one from Colossians chapter 1 verse 12. I'll read it from the Passion Translation. Your hearts can soar with joyful gratitude when you think of how God made you worthy, I like that. Say it again. How God made you worthy. How God made you worthy to receive the glorious inheritance freely given to us by living in the light, by living in Jesus. And now Matthew chapter 6, verse 23, Jesus confirms it. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then everything is added unto you. And when you look at the word in the Greek for his, it means another's and not yours. Another's and not yours. It's, nev it's never yours. So going back to that scripture, without faith it's impossible to please God. And about diligently working and diligent. It's not what it's talking about, guys. Don't get trapped. But know this. It's not depending upon you working. It's not depending upon your doing. It's not depending upon your earning. Faith in Jesus Christ qualifies you for the reward. And the reward is righteousness. And righteousness qualifies you for everything. Everything. Righteousness is what brings you at peace with God the Father. Righteousness is what makes you a joint heir with Jesus Christ. A joint there, righteousness, a joint there, everything is his, is yours. All that the Father has is yours. Now, see, when you understand this, this is what, this is what strengthens your Christian walk. See, if you don't hear these types of messages, messages you will try to strengthen your own Christian walk by trying to be, by trying to do, by trying to become. 
And guess what? By those efforts, man has never been able to succeed, nor will he ever be able to succeed. But when you understand that through faith in Jesus Christ, you already are. Because God made him who knew no sin, who never sinned, who didn't sin, to be sin. That we, through faith in him, might be made the righteousness of God. It's a gift. And when you start living in your true identity, I am the righteousness of God. I am righteous. I am sanctified. I am holy. I am perfected. I am complete. I am holy. I am blameless. I am loved. That will energize you from within, from the spirit within. And I'll tell you what, you want to hear effortless living? Effortless living where you, where you stomp on the, on the head of the devil? Where you watch whatever things that you've tried to rid yourself of? I tried to rid myself of things throughout my life that I knew were not pleasing to God. I tried, I tried, I tried. I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't. I don't even think about them anymore. They're not even a thought. And they're not even part of my life. Why? Because they just fell off. Because of my believing of my true identity. And that's what that verse of scripture is all about. Amen? Amen. I hope you were blessed. Amen. And I hope the truth. All right? John chapter 8, verse 36. And he who is a son made free is free indeed. And verse 32 it says, And you will know the truth. And the truth will set you free. Well, this truth has set me free and made me free. And I praise him. Amen. Amen. Father, we thank you and we praise you. Hallelujah. We give you praise, honor, and glory yes, Lord. for all that you do, all that you are. It's all because of Jesus. Amen. Precious Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you. For by grace, for by grace through faith, None of ourselves. It's a gift. We've been justified by faith in Jesus Christ, and we're at peace with you. And now, because of that, Father, we have been granted. We have been granted. You're granted. You, you've been given the permission. We've been given the permission to access all of this beautiful and wonderful gifting of grace and of what grace pro provides. Oh, we thank you, Father. Because it's all about you and it's all about Jesus. And right now, right now, yes. we just empty ourselves of ourselves and we, and we no longer make it about us and we make it solely and wholly about Jesus. Yes, Lord. Giving him all the praise, honor, and glory. Amen. In his name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.